Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the content marketing awards winner for best marketing podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your social better. Emma, which provides innovative email marketing tools that drive brilliant results. Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers with integrated solutions for social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. And Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors. With Yext, update your location data once and publish it to your website, apps, over 100 publishers, including Google, Apple Maps, Facebook, Bing, and Yahoo. That's the power of location. That's Yext. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, not joined today by my esteemed co-host, Mr. Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Adam is off and traveling. However, we have such a dynamic guest today that he's got enough passion to fill the airtime for me and for Adam. It is the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk from VaynerMedia and the Ask Gary V Show and the fantastic new book, also called Ask Gary V. Gary, thanks for being on the show again. Jay, I got to tell you something. Your uh, your radio voice is getting stronger and stronger. Like I was like I was actually listening to that like a fan versus like I'm on. You know what? It's practice, practice, practice. Two hundred some episodes of this show. We're doing six podcasts a week now at Convince and Convert. Uh, you know, lots of speeches. You, you just got. I think you you agree with me, right? Like like without trying to humble brag and make the audience feel uncomfortable, you are like that was a that was the right assessment, right? Like you do feel like you're getting better at this. Man, if I'm not getting better at this point, I need to find a different career. <laughs> if you're not getting better, if, radio, by definition. Being a podcast voice is actually a skill. Like there's some talent involved. Like you can only maximize what was naturally in there. Like you're, you've naturally, I think you've naturally, might, you might have it, Jay. Well, I've been doing a lot of speech training as well with uh, Michael Port and, and uh, Rory Vaden and others. Uh, you know, it, it, it all works together, whether it's on stage or on the microphone. It, it's all a related uh, adjacent skill set. And if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And I know you believe that as well. Yep. Hey, so tell me why uh, why you started the Ask Gary Vee show, right? You, you had Wine Library TV, did that for years, amazing show, taught me a lot about wine and millions of other people, sunsetted it, took a break from daily kind of serialized content, and then came back with the Ask Gary Vee show uh, a couple of years ago. Why? Why did you get back into it? Probably a bunch of different things. Um, I think that um, several different things. Uh, serendipity kid by the name of D-Rock, David Rock, emailed me, said he wanted to make a film. Uh, I'd been heads down quite a bit in 2012 and 2013, building VaynerMedia. I was putting out very little content. Um, I wasn't out there. I wasn't speaking that much. And so I kind of thought, oh, it'd be nice to have a long piece video content piece out there just to stay out there a little bit Like while I'm head down. He makes a great video. I love him. I say, hey, why don't you work for me full time? We'll produce some video content here and there. You can like get a feel for my brand, read stuff. I'll make an investment. Um, so now, now I've got a video guy around, right? So he's around. He's sitting near my my desk. Um, 
then I'm also thinking about my speaking career. Jay, you and I, I, I always enjoy this when we, we're lucky enough to be at the same talk. We, we get to hang in the green room. You, you know, I know you love it. I love it. Uh, I love public speaking. I, I knock on wood, my businesses have gotten to a place where even the outrageous lucrative nature of a public speaking fee has gotten to a place where I can debate it if it's ROI positive for my time, because it's not an hour, it's a day. And so I do it more and more because I just love the action, whether it's the vanity, whether it's the high of the crowd, whether it's something that comes natural to me and I just love it. I I didn't want to give up speaking, but I didn't want to do speaking that wasn't interesting or got tired or got cliche. And so I started dissecting in my own mind, you know, in the shower when I'm traveling, why was I good at speaking? Why did people want me there? I know I'm charismatic and and it wasn't the, the shtick of the cursing or being funny. Like I knew there was content there, but what I knew was content was really the longevity. And what was interesting to me was when I was doing Q&A for five minutes, it's where people, literally I would read my Twitter stream and it would say things like, Gary was super entertaining, but the last five minutes, wow, I guess he does know his stuff. There was, a lo- there was something about Q&A that made people think I was smarter and eliminated cynicism because I guess it showed me my true environment as a businessman, which is I could actually answer these questions because I'm an actual businessman. So I, I wanted to, uh, I missed Wine Library TV. That was happening. Like I was kind of missing it and thinking about bringing it back. I missed the action of a video show. I didn't want to stop speaking, but I didn't want to become tired. I wanted to evolve and get better. And I realized that Q&A was maybe the spot where I was best. And I made a conservative effort to deploy a plan of starting a new Q&A business show, then writing a book about Q&A, and then building my brand around it so that I could start going to places and doing town halls and Q&A sessions instead of just- No speech speech prep. Greatest thing in the world. Love it. Yeah. And and, and honestly, I improv. And so like, I don't really prep to begin with. I'll talk about what's on my mind. It just became obvious to me that I was more depth, little and 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 I figured out that I'm entertaining because I got a little bit of humor, I got a little improv, I got a little jersey, so I'm able to be. You got more than a little jersey, but that's okay. Thank you, Jay. I uh, I was able to to still be entertaining, but unbelievably deeper, more well-rounded. Not the same jokes, not the same stuff, and. Just very honestly, Jay, respected more, which I thought was an important thing for evolution. Like you yeah. know, I mean, that's just it. So it uh, it was pretty calculated. And, and now it's and now it's huge, massively popular, both YouTube, Facebook, podcast, all those things. The book, uh, the Ask Gary V book, which is sort of the greatest hits of uh, of the video show, is terrific. Uh, we'll make sure to link up my video review of the Ask Gary V book in the show notes. It's fantastic. Uh, what I love is your most recent incarnation in this uh, sort of play about Ask Gary V is the new Ask Gary V database, which is amazing so you go onto the website and you just do a search or you just kind of look through the greatest hits and it pulls out individual micro segments of, of each video and, and you can get the questions answered in real time with video clips a, a terrific technical achievement it's a hassle to do that much coding uh, and, and to pull all those time codes in but it's really well executed and i think it's an extraordinarily great resource a couple things one thank you and i know how you roll so i know you really liked it so i'm pumped number two that only takes the transcription from the data from the question. Like, how many times should I snap on Snapchat? Within two weeks, Jay, we've transcribed every single answer 
and that will be searchable too. Which apps do you think are gonna be hot in 2014? Then I answer, Snapchat. That will now be searchable in two weeks, and that's gonna be completely bonkers. Yeah, it's amazing. It's almost what we do at Convince a Convert, where we're doing 12 blog posts a week, but it's the same thing, but all driven by questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we write blog posts sort of anticipating what people's questions might be. You actually take the questions and use that you know, sort of upside down to create the transcription and in the database. It's really, really fascinating. You have a, a, a saying on your website now, it may, be a, it may be a slider, I don't know if it's there all the time, that says that, that you day trade attention. And, and I think people who follow you uh, in social media, even in life, would, would agree that you day trade attention, that you thrive on it, that you're exceptionally good at attracting attention. My question is, why do you still do that? Like, there's a few people out there who understand how much time and how much energy that takes. I, I might be one of them. Um, you don't need to do that, right? You've got the reputation. You've got the cash. You've got the trajectory. Yes. You've got the investments. It's a pain in the ass to be Gary Vaynerchuk. Why do you keep doing it? So a couple things. One, for everybody who's listening, and I'll, I'll tweak this a little bit, Jay, and I think you'll like it. When I say I day trade attention, here's how I think about it. I think attention is the single most important asset. It doesn't mean that I'm good at getting attention. The reason I'm good at getting attention is because I day trade attention. Let me make the distinction. What I think I've been good at now that I'm 40 and I under, I've started to get really in tune to what has gotten me here is I'm really good at knowing that Snapchat's gonna be big two or three years before most people. And and the truth is, if you look at the track record of the platforms that I've invested in, e-commerce in 96, email in 97, Google AdWords the day it started, YouTube, look, Jay, this is what's great about having a documented life. As you know, I started a wine show four months after YouTube came out. Like the world didn't know what YouTube was, right? Twitter, right? I was very, very early. So what I'm good at is I'm very good at figuring out what everybody who's listening right now is going to be doing with their attention, their ears and their eyes, right? And then what I'm good at is jumping in there and being a practitioner to figure it out because that's what I do. And then, and then I'm okay at being an interesting enough character to maintain that attention. As a matter of fact, if I was better at getting attention or was more interesting or was more attractive or more clever, believably good at is being right and early to where everybody's gonna be. And then I get my disproportionate amount of attention because I land grabbed quicker, better, smarter than most. What I'm not is interesting enough, good enough, attractive enough, funny enough, smart enough to then make that 50 million versus mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands. And that's okay. Like, like, you know, I wish I was all those things, but that's okay. Now, I've made a lot of money being an investor in those things. I can make a lot more money being an investor in those things than I can be being a personality on it. What I like, and I've been feeling it a lot with Snapchat, is I continue to grow in influence. Meaning, the reason I keep doing it, Jay, is I actually do think, and whether this is delusional or not, I think I do have a gift of being good at this. And I think it's actually very valuable to all of you. And I mean you and everybody listening. That if you then buy into this thesis that I'm right more often than I'm wrong and I'm very early, well then you will play with musically right now, right? And you will play with, look, for example, my losses. You will play with Yik Yak and you will play with Social Cam and you will pay, play with Yobongo. And what Yobongo taught you 
in 2008, if you followed what I thought was going to be big, that ended up not being big, was Yobongo taught you that Tinder was inevitable. And I was looking to invest in Tinder. It was incubated at IAC, but I was going after every dating app that looked like Tinder during that period because I learned a lot from Yobongo, which was a people discovery thing, blah, blah, blah. So... What I'm excited about, and Jay, actually, and you know how I roll, I'm a little unique. I actually want to ask you this question. I would tell you this narrative that I think is actually overblown. I think I'm getting more credit than I deserve, but no question. I can feel it. I'm a big boy. There's a lot of people that feel like me getting outrageously loud in December and January about Snapchat has carried over to make a lot of marketers in their 30s, 40s, 50s care about Snapchat, make Snapchat important. I didn't make Snapchat successful by any stretch. I might have influenced five to 10,000 people to sign up for it, you know, maybe a little bit more. But what I do know is those five to 10,000 people are far more influential than they were seven or eight years ago. And I'm, I'm intrigued that if I can continue to be right, that the Jays of the world and many other people that I think are bigger than me, similar to me, smaller than me, but are influential in their own right, I can be, for this singular strength of where people's attention is, a real, real leader because it's naturally in me. And I think that's a very valuable personality, asset, partner, teammate, friend in the world. Got do you it? think it's, yeah. Do you think it's more important than to be early or good? Oh, you got to be both. I mean, early matters, right? Like you get a disproportional land grab. People are looking for people to follow on Snapchat right now with no discovery, and I'm on all the lists. And so, uh, I, yeah, I think early matters more than people think. Now let me explain something else. If you join Snapchat a year from now, and you're the best at it, you're producing the best content for the medium, you will win that game every time. But I think that people don't quantify enough that early actually has a value prop as well. What, what do you make of Facebook instant articles and medium? And, and what I see is a trend of, of putting yourself out there and, and garnering attention on real estate that you don't necessarily control, right? The Ask Gary Vee show you control, the Ask Gary Vee database you control, your email list, which is substantial, you control. And now we sort of have these, these new opportunities. Maybe it's even LinkedIn and publishing blog posts there, where it's not so much about bringing people back to your site, but bringing them to your destination on these other sites. Do you think it's a good strategy, a bad strategy? Uh, differentiated by by what you're trying to accomplish? What's your take? It's a great question. Um, I think both matter. I think anybody who has a strategy that's 100% predicated on owning versus renting attention in either direction is wrong. I don't think... I don't think you can just, I don't think it's smart to just live on Facebook and Medium and all these places where, you know, these platforms are going to continue to do what's in their best interest and create a vulnerability. Um, and I don't think it's smart to make all your behavior predicated to driving it to your landing page, get their email, have a pop up, you know, get their cell number. I mean, data is very important. Whoever owns it definitely wins, but you're leaving an enormous amount of awareness an enormous amount of transactions, and an enormous amount of gateway opportunities in other places. If I wasn't doing things on LinkedIn and Medium and Snapchat um, and, and Facebook, then a lot of people would have never ended up on GaryVaynerchuk.com to put their email in. So mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of both. I think that I don't care where I make the transaction. So you're thinking it's more of a tip of, tip of the spear kind of a thing. A hundred percent. I mean, like you have to be where people's attention is. So I think when people are like, well, I can't siphon people out of Snapchat, so I'm not going to be relevant there, then I think that they're just salespeople and they're not marketers. Yeah. A marketer understands well that you've got to be Nike and Apple don't get my business because they 
tagged me and followed me around the internet and made me succumb. They got yeah. me because they won the brand game. Jay, I'm looking at a picture right now. It's, uh, I made a poster that is the most fuck you humble brag poster I've ever made. It's the book scan book list number of the week that my book came out, right? I'm looking at it, right? Yeah. Right. The poster just walked in. I sold 100,549 copies of the Ask Gary V book the first week of the book. Got it? Yeah, it's a lot. I know. And I know you know this. When I look at the list, there's, I did not make that happen because I am the best conversion-based, data-based uh, growth hacker in the marketplace. It's because I'm very good at branding as well. And I do smart tactics with my email list and remarketing and building up that stuff. But you've got to have the, you don't have to do anything, but if you want to be real big, if you, you know, I call it almost like the difference between wealthy and rich. If you really want to go there, if you really want to be at the top, you've got to be great at the branding part as well. And you do a lot of things that don't make sense that day from a direct correlation, but they make a lot of sense long-term. It's no different than this. I mean, look, this is such a great example. This interview is such a great example in so many ways. Let me explain. One, 67% of the energy of why I'm on the phone right now has to do with our relationship, right? Like yeah. I'm very fond of you and I'm, I'm thrilled to say this on your medium and I think people have heard me talk about this in public and private so that's a super lot of fun. I've been on the show before. A lot of people that know you know me. We have a big cross-pollination but for the 8, 17, 33% that have never heard my name before, this is an opportunity to land grab. I don't need it anymore because the book is a New York Times bestseller. I sold a crap load. I've got my profit on the back end. I've won but I want to do it because I'm always going to be branding. I always want to be out there. I want to maintain my relationships that matter. They play out later because seven years from now, you're doing something and you decide, oh, let's give Gary that opportunity because of a relationship. Like Branding is deep. Life is deep. It's not black and white. It's gray. And so that's- Well, that's one of the things I think is so fascinating about you, Gary, is that is that you operate in real time, but- you actually don't, right? It, everybody thinks that you're operating in real time, but you actually play the longest game of anybody I know. And, and nobody understands that. Like they, they just don't see it. And I would tell you that the reason you sold 100,000 books is is not because you're, you're even your brand. It's because you have given away so much value to, to people across all these channels. I mean, it is very much in keeping with the spirit of utility and jab, 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 right hook. Everybody felt compelled to buy the book because you gave so much stuff for free. Like, well, what's $20 for a book when the guy gives me thousands of dollars of free advice every week. Uh, you know, it's just, an, it's a, it's a, it's a psychological equation at some level. And, and you're not wrong. And I mean, look, you and I can have a, a love fest, you know, <laughs> you know, commending each other back and forth mainly. And I don't think people understand this. I mean, you and I know how well we know each other. It's a way more out of respect than it is friendship. I wish I had the time to be more of your friend. One of my all-time favorite, like one of my all-time favorite moments in the last 10 years of being in this space was our long drive together. It was quality time. I really got to know you. Like we don't get to spend time together. I give you daps because we philosophically believe in the same religion, which is the right religion. There is. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's the right religion. But, but I, but I think, I mean, the, the proof the is, right, the proof is there. The right, it's the right religion because it doesn't matter how many books or how much money we make. You and I, and the 12 other people that I can think of that I think are in this camp, and it might be six, I have to sit here for a second and think. Um, dude, we're gonna die happy. Let's just call it what it is. You and I, in a world where a lot of people are not happy about the way they make their money, if you actually talk to their soul, <laughs> you and I know I, what you mean. 
I know you know what I mean. And I, and, and I talk about this more, and I'm talking about it, and I don't know, you're busy as shit. You don't, I don't know if you know this. I'm, ta- I'm talking about this kind of stuff a lot more. I'm very hot on this cliche thing I'm throwing around now, which is the way you make your money is more important than how much you make. Yeah, a dollar is not a dollar. You got to look at yourself in the mirror at some point. A hundred percent. And you know, and do you know how, how rewarding it feels when one of the guys I respect the most, and I know the market does, says, Gary, it's your costume that's tricking people into thinking that you're just trying to make a quick buck. You are the most, I, Jay, I am the most patient of the whole crew. I know it. I know it. I, I, I take more pride in that than anything I do. So if anybody's being more patient than me, I become more even more patient because I'm, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's like it's what I pay attention to. Who's actually giving value without asking for anything in return? Oh crap, that girl. Okay, I'm gonna do a 28 hour live stream and give away. I'm mean, like, whatever it takes. I need yeah. to be the best at the long game. And I'm very, I'm very. Uh, I, I wish you got. I wish this was a video cast, and I would have showed the goosebumps when you delivered that line. Because I'm living for that line, Jay. Yep. I'm living for that line. And the smartest, best people are starting to kind of say that about me. And I know in 20 years, everybody's going to say that about me. And it's going to feel really fucking good. Because I'm going to be like, see, see, you know, it's going to feel yep. good. Yep. All right. Lightning round. I got three quick questions to let you go. Uh, first, I saw a comment on Ask Gary V recently. You had the um, couple folks from Musical.ly on the show. And, and you said that one of the reasons that Snapchat and Musical.ly are successful is that they haven't followed historic patterns of user experience yes. uh, and user interface. Can you elaborate on that quickly? That's a very good catch, Jim. Impressed with your real-time capabilities and single out what I thought was also the most interesting thing from the show. Uh, yeah, I think that um, I think if you look at the graveyard of all the apps that failed for consumer uh apps in the last year or two, they all looked a lot more like Twitter and a lot more like uh, Facebook and a lot more like Instagram. And I think when you look at Snapchat, Pinterest. that's right. If you look at all the apps we just mentioned, LinkedIn, throw that in there, go open them right now. While you're listening to this, be, be a utilitarian, be a practitioner, go and open Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and, um, and uh, LinkedIn. They basically all look the same from a UI UX standpoint with slight variations. It's a stream. There's a piece of content. At Snapchat, it was a totally different language. It came from a totally different place and had a totally different DNA. And I would say that that is a, a major reason it popped to the demo. Yeah, I mean, once once you use it and you kind of conquer their nuances, you're like, this is fantastic. But, but at first, it's puzzling. Puzzling. Second question... I believe, and I wrote about this a lot in my new book, that that Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp are going to take over the world. Uh, you saw some announcements uh, recently at, at F8 about uh, chatbots and, and where that's all headed. Uh, I think that Facebook Messenger will very quickly become the single most important part of Facebook. Where do you where do you stand on that? Uh, I'm a huge believer in messaging. I think. Look, I think Snapchat. If you look at what they did. They're going all in on messaging, right? Like with the phone last- and the voice and the whole thing, it's brilliant. It hasn't been talked about nearly enough. No way. I mean, in a world that you and I both agree, Snapchat might have just come underneath. Think about it. If they own 13 to 25 and everybody gets sucked into their way of chatting in their world, they win. So I'm a huge, yes. Look, it's much more fun to communicate to people you actually want to communicate to on a one-to-one or one-to-four basis than follow me and hear what my latest thoughts are. I mean, it's just the truth. 
And so people care about one-to-one relationships with the people they care about the most and whoever maps that wins. And that's why texting as a default function and then the apps that have replicated text messaging are very, very important. I'm very bullish on it. And I think, the, you know, you look at WeChat in, in China where where you can get into Huge. a place where it affects commerce at a scale that most if people If they don't. jump over here, they're the third player, right? It's, it's Facebook versus Snapchat versus WeChat. Look, I mean, they want to, and they they love to. I think Americans are funny. I think there's a, another psychological thing where Americans are quite interesting about how they're accepting platforms and products from the rest of the world um, in our so in the tech space right now that I've been fascinated by. But yes, absolutely, it's a monster company. Last question for you, Gary Vaynerchuk, author of Ask Gary V and a number of other fine books. Thanks for being back on Social Pros. Five years from now, does anybody yes. care? Does anybody care about email? You know, Slack has really rocked me. I would have answered yes emphatically. I'm still going to answer yes emphatically because I think we misunderstand how deeply rooted some of these things are, aka, and I don't know if this is still true, but as of like five minutes ago, aka a year or two ago, AOL still, their biggest revenue stream was dial-up internet. Right. Yeah, it's easy to forget that in our world, right? Right. And so... You're asking a very important question, which is Slack or anything that follows Slack's pattern. Slack is the first thing that I've ever seen that I said, oh my God, could email itself be disrupted? Um, That being said, I think we will be uh, in a place where email is absolutely foundational five years from today. Um, But it'll be interesting. What I think the more interesting question is, has Slack or anything been invented because Slack opened the door to the audacity to try to go after email been created that has started the process of chipping away at it? Yeah, there's been such little innovation in email for so long that Slack's audacity to say, well, what if or what if we did it differently? That's probably their their legacy. They may not actually be the ones, but they at least started the, the ability to have the conversation. Absolutely. Gary, thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on all the success. As always, uh, terrific to talk to you. Hope to see you face-to-face at some point uh, down the road. I love you, brother. And I, and I wish everybody listening nothing but the best. Hey, guys, it's Jay. Thanks, as always, for listening to Social Pros, this very special episode of the podcast featuring Gary Vaynerchuk. Going to uh, acknowledge our sponsors right here at the end of the program. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. They are getting ready to launch the digital marketing event of the year. It's called Connections, May 10th through the 12th in Atlanta. Unbelievable conference. You've got to check it out, May 10th through the 12th in Atlanta. It is Connections from our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Speakers include Robin Roberts, Captain Scott Kelly, famous astronaut, Adam Brown, who's usually on this show, me, there's going to be representatives there from Facebook, Instagram, more than more than 100 breakout sessions. There's an unbelievable street festival. It's going to be terrific. Go to salesforce.com slash connections, salesforce.com slash connections. Also this week, thanks as always to our friends from Yext for sponsoring the program. So let me ask you this. Um, if your company has a store locator on its website or its app, you absolutely have to pay more attention to it. Store locators could not be more important, but a lot of times they're just an afterthought in the organization. Our pals at Yext can help you turn your store locator into a marketing force capable of turning searchers into real world visitors, customers, etc. Learn how to optimize your store locator, boost local SEO, super important, and win all of those near me searches in their brand new white paper. It's terrific. Go to offers.yext.com slash store locators. That's offers.yext.com. 
Y-E-X-T.com slash store locators. And as always, the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Emma. Their new ebook is called The Simple Psychology Behind a Great Call to Action. What should you say in your submit button? What color should the submit button be? Why we click the psychology behind a great call to action. You're going to learn a ton. Go to myemma.com slash click. That's my E-M-M-A, myemma.com slash click. Thanks, as always, to those folks as well. If you haven't had a chance to leave us a review on iTunes, I would certainly appreciate you doing that. It would mean a lot to Adam and myself. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to our sister podcasts, I could not recommend them highly enough. They include Content Pros, which is a podcast for content marketing professionals, Influence Pros, the new show all about influencer marketing that is burning up the iTunes charts. Check it out. And The Business of Story, how to embed Hollywood storytelling principles into your business hosted by my good friend Park Howell. All of those are part of the Convince and Convert podcasting network. Give them a listen. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Emma, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcasts.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by...